0: The following podcast is a part of Radiomisfits.com And now it's time for The Mr. Nelson Show! Welcome to episode 18 of the Mr. Nelson Show. Yes, 18. Finally legal. (laughs) Then, speaking of the legal system, you know, we require judges to uh, decide all that crap. And uh, a lot of times when it comes to more important courts like, uh, of course, the U.S. Supreme Court and the uh, U.S. District Courts, the president has to nominate a judge to, to, to man that post. And then uh, they nominate these uh, candidates, and then the Senate uh, decides whether or not to confirm them. And it's a rigorous fight between Democrats and Republicans. Eh, well, not so much. Not all the time. Usually when Democrats are running the show, eh, they put up a big fight and usually stop most of the uh, candidates getting through. But when Republicans are in, well, they grab the ankles. And that's what we got going on now. Um... Recently, they confirmed Wilhelmina Marie Wright. And so now she's on the United States District Court for the District of Minnesota. And in this article written by Daniel Horowitz, uh, he points out that she wrote this uh, entry for the UCLA Law Review in 1990. A long time ago, but still to believe some of this stuff that she believes. uh uh, the idea that she's kind of grown up from that since then is uh, probably not very likely. Especially when you come out of academia, they live in these little bubble worlds of utopian Marxist uh, visions of paradise that only they can lead and instruct and uh, guide and form. Anyway, uh, she wrote this paper where she exposed, uh, put out her belief that uh, property rights are white and racist. <laughs> Uh, She wrote, The failure of today's racial discourse is its reliance on the notion that property is neutral. That the deed to a suburban home is property, while the opportunity to move out of a slum is not. (laughs) Well, one's a physical entity and the other is an action, so... uh, Anyway, the fungibility of property can be no better exemplified than it is by slavery. The fact that our Constitution once recognized one person's very life and liberty as another person's property should teach us that the danger of letting property determine liberty rather than looking to liberty to define property. Now, a judge is required to swear an oath to defend and protect the Constitution. Doesn't sound like she's all gung-ho to do that. The Constitution was used to... To uh, argue against slavery, because uh, slavery was an obvious contradiction to the rights that the Constitution recognizes. People just lied and made stuff up at the time, kind of like what she wants to do here. This business of people who believe in the phrase of living, breathing Constitution, which, ironically enough, was coined by the racist Woodrow Wilson. The living, breathing Constitution idea is only a means by which one can make laws up as they go along which pretty much defeats the whole concept of rule of law because, like I was saying, you're making up as you go along, and that's uh, achieving a power that uh, you really shouldn't have. Because without rule of law, there's no equal justice under the law because the rulers aren't going to let their laws rule them, (laughs) and they don't. I mean, like the whole Obamacare business, the ACA uh, Congress is exempt from it and that sort of thing. And the whole reason it still exists is because the Supreme Court justice just made it up that there was a tax in the law. The law has no tax in it that he was referring to, where you have to purchase insurance. Uh, They say, well, you really can't do that. But you could tax, but it's not a tax. It's not in the language of the law. So when a judge is not bound by the law, uh, then their power is just whatever they feel that it is. Uh, How is that law in order? Well, it isn't. But anyway, uh, yeah, the Republicans, the ankle grabber Republicans, did nothing to stop this woman. In fact, they confirmed her. So once again, the whole battle between Republicans and Democrats is, more times than not, just theater. But of course, racism has to be fought because we're still living under its horrible tyranny. Yes. Actress Jada Pinkett Smith called for a boycott of the Oscars, and you could see the suffering in her eyes as she sat on her sofa from her mansion. You see, her husband uh, wasn't nominated for his uh, recent film about the uh, concussion doctor and all that, and and the football players and whatever. Anyway, yeah, I didn't see it either. Uh, So... Because of that horrible crime of him not being in there, she suggested that there's racism because there are no black people nominated for an Oscar this year. So there you go, racism. Um, and so this, a lot of other people joined her and said, yeah, we got to boycott it, the usual suspects, and then stupid Michael Moore and all that. And uh, But then another actress uh, had a, an opposing view. Uh, actress Stacey Dash, who committed the horrible sin of agreeing to work for Fox News, and that's already put her on the list, you know. Now, her argument points out that there's quite the uh, inconsistency here with the uh, protesters here concerning the the, the diversity or lack of diversity in uh, award shows like the Oscars. She said, I think it's ludicrous. We have to make up our minds. Either we want to have segregation or integration. If we don't want segregation, then we need to get rid of channels like BET and the BET Awards and the NCAA Image Awards, where you're only awarded if you're black. If it were the other way around, we'd be up in arms. Yeah, how are you going to argue with that? You see, the point here is, and a lot of people jumped on her because she had done a show for BET and all that, but that's not the point. If you're going to be consistent, then you can't have BET. You can't have the Image Awards. You can't have the BET Awards and all that. Because if diversity is paramount, then uh, you've got to have more racists in there than uh, just black people winning these awards. And, I mean, the whole point of integration, uh, which was, you know, Martin Luther King was pushing for it and all that. His whole memory and content of character rather than the color of the skin. All the color of skin is all that matters now. That's what matters. That's what, that's what diversity is. The picture doesn't look right. So, didn't really learn anything, huh? <sighs> Idiots like John Fugel saying, who is just a complete worm, you know, just, I can't stand the guy. He's supposedly, he's a comedian, It'll fooled me, and he said she was stupid and a puppet. But worst of all, he seemed to suggest she isn't black. <laughs> but in this day and age, where you can just identify as black, like Rachel Dolezal and Sean King, who I believe is still employed by uh, uh, the New York Daily News despite recent layoffs. But anyway, uh, so maybe John Fugelsang will identify as black so that he can have the necessary credentials. To criticize Stacy Dash and question her blackness. He doesn't seem to see the problem here of a white man attacking a black woman's very being of black. <laughs> no, he doesn't. He's that full of himself. He loves his head straight up his ass. That's where he likes it. And that's where it will remain. <sighs> but anyway, uh, Stacy was not the only one to bring up this point. She recalled an uh, interview that uh, Morgan Freeman had given on 60 Minutes quite a few years back, and uh, he pretty much gave the same sentiment discussing uh, the Black History Month and those other concepts about how that kind of goes against the ideas of integration. It's more to keep maintaining segregation. But uh, nobody really attacked him, but then, of course, he never went to work for Fox News, so I guess he gets a pass. I don't know.
1: Black History Month, you find? Ridiculous. Why?
0: You're gonna relegate my history to a month? Oh,
1: come well, on. What do no. you do with yours?
0: Wh- which month is White History Month? <laughs> no, well, well, come on, tell me. Well, the, the, I'm Jewish. Okay, which I'm month ju- is Jewish History Month? Uh, there isn't one. <laughs> oh! Oh, <laughs> why not? Yeah. You want one? No, no. No, I, 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 uh, I don't either. I don't want a Black History Month. Black history is American history. How are we going to get racism and... Stop talking about it. I'm going to stop calling you a white man.
2: Yeah. And I'm going to ask you to stop calling me a black man.
0: So there you go. I guess everyone's got to boycott Morgan Freeman. Uh, But people like Fuglesang will never get the concepts of what he's uh, discussing there. So... Anyway, meanwhile, Stacy Dash is hot. So I'm on your side, Stacy. <laughs> but to be fair, of course I need to allow for uh, an opposing view, don't I? Yes. So let's bring in Lefty Turdington. Come on in, Lefty. What do you got for us on this whole racial thing? Well, yes, thank you,
3: Mr. Dunstan. Um, I wanted to show that there's hope. Despite this egregious act by the Academy, which is clearly racist, there's still hope because it's evidenced by the hottest movie of the time right now, which, of course, is Star Wars The Force Awakens. And I had found this article that was written, I think, by someone who hadn't seen the movie quite yet. This was, like, maybe before the movie came out. But she was making some great points here about that even if it was a failure, it still would have made a great stride for humanity in Hollywood. It was an article written by Susanna Polo, and it was titled, like I said, Even if the Force Awakens sucks, it's made one big diverse achievement for Hollywood. In the Star Wars movies, diversity has always been a hallmark of the light side of the Force. And the main trio of The Force Awakens finally reflects that in a way that can't be ignored. You all know what I mean by the main trio. A concept familiar as heck to Harry Potter fans, but just as present in the Star Wars trilogies. It's the two guys and a girl whose adventures and relationships, romantic or otherwise, are the gravitational well around which the plot orbits. Luke, Han, and Leia. Anakin, Obi-Wan, and Padme... And now we have Finn, Poe, and Rey. For the first time in Star Wars history, a franchise will be built around the adventures of the sort of people that Hollywood routinely overlooks. Women and people of color. Yes, Oscar Isaac is a Guatemalan-American actor of Cuban, Guatemalan, and French descent. But let's emphasize Guatemalan and Cuban. He's not a white dude. In fact... All of the white dudes in the film appear to be acting the roles of mentor characters or villains, over-familiar and historical standby roles of actors of color.
0: So wait a minute, uh, if if a black guy was playing a mentor, you know, a teacher, an educator, that, that would be a bad thing.
3: Yes, because it would be sidelining him. The only characters that matter are the leads and heroes. Yeah, all right, all right. In a studio system that considers it a risky bet to place a woman or a person of color in the lead role of a big-budget film, Disney is doing what many have been asking it to do with its Marvel movies for years. that the company cast risky actors in a franchise that's literally too big to fail. And you know what? It's
0: about time. Yeah, wait wait a minute. You're saying person of color. I thought that was like, uh, you know, a no-no. No, 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 you're thinking of colored
3: people. That's, that's what's wrong. Uh, well, it's the same thing. No, no, it's different. It's the colors at the end of it, and persons in front. So it's different. God, do I have to spoon-feed everything to you? Oh, all right, anyway, go on. Yeah, God, uh, diversity of race, gender, and even species has always been a central quality of the light side. One that set it apart visually and ideologically from the dark side.
0: So let me get this straight. The light side is good, but the dark side is bad. Yes? What? Can I
3: please continue now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. (sighs) Imperial and proto-imperial forces are consistently placed in conflict with more diverse forces, whether they're the rebels, the Jedi, or the allied human and Gungan troops of Naboo. In Star Wars, homogeneity is synonymous with evil. Like Japan? <laughs> no, they're not white, are they? All right, and they're not evil. God, Again, do I have to spoon-feed this to you? Jeez, learn the rules, for God's sake. Anyway, nowhere is this more clear than in the Imperial Army of the end of Palpatine's reign, staffed entirely by white male and human officers. Contrast with prominent Rebel Alliance characters like Lea Organa, and Mon Mothma, Chewbacca, and Landil Carissian, Neon Num, and Admiral Ackbar. Remember him? It's a trap. <laughs> and I haven't mentioned the Rebel Alliance's relationships with Bothan spies and Ewok tribesfolk. The Rebels work with other races as a matter of course. The Empire stoops to employing a cantina bar's worth of bounty hunters when it has no other option. It's right there in the name. By definition, alliance implies a diverse force working together. Admittedly, it took the movies a little while to get around to showing the full diversity of the Rebel Alliance. Lando shows up in Empire, but doesn't fully commit until Jedi which is also when Mothma, Akbar, and Num are introduced. But the enduring images of Jedi are of a black man and his alien co-pilot destroying the Death Star of a strike team made of men, women, and aliens defeating a, defeating a group of interchangeable human stormtroopers. That's the rebel victory that the galaxy celebrates. Oh, yeah, and don't tell me that Jango Vett, the genetic father of the clone troopers, is played by Tamura Morrison, an actor of Morai descent. And so, therefore, any stormtrooper is a character of color. I mean, we all know that the Imperial Armor was less than 30% closed by the time of a new hub, right?
0: Yeah, I'd figure they'd been pretty old and died
3: off by then. Yeah, either way, so there you go. But The Force Awakens won't be perfect. For one thing, though it's given us our first on-screen female stormtrooper, rumors are that Gwendolyn Christie's Captain Phasma's a mitre role and potentially faceless, and that's true, she never took the mask off, and yeah, it was pretty much a a minor role, but maybe she'll be in the sequel, I don't know. But anyway, The Force Awakens is still part of a Hollywood trend of casting women of color in science fiction as aliens rather than characters represented of their own ethnicity and gender. Like Darth Vader and Jar Jar Binks before her, Lupita Nyong'o's Maz Kanata hides the face of a black actor behind the work of animators, prop designers, and other performers. The physical presence of David Prowse at his death mask and the sweat and toil of animators crafting a character for motion-captured performances are an indelible vital part of these roles. But that doesn't change the fact that Darth Vader, Maz Kanata, and heaven forbid Jar Jar Binks are not examples of black character representation in science fiction. But The Force Awakens will still be huge.
0: Yeah, but David Pross was a white guy anyway, so. What? Yeah, he was white, you know. No, he was black because. Oh, you're thinking of James Earl Jones who did The Voice.
3: Right, James Earl Jones. Oh, you mean the guy in the suit? Well, that, that, that's just irrelevant. It doesn't matter. The point is they're hiding. They're, it's, well, but Jar Jar and, and, and Maz Kanata were, were covering up black actors, and that's wrong. So, but you said because of the, the, the uh, symbolism of diversity would be aliens. And yes, but with black people, they need to be seen, not hidden. Look, it's a minor detail, but it's there. Anyway, we stand upon a precipice. Behind us lie the days before The Force Awakens becomes an indelible part of our cultural matrix. Before it stretches the endless future in which it is but the beginning of a brave new Star Wars canon. That is true, regardless of whether it's a great film or just a film that's better than anything in the prequel trilogy. And, I mean, let's be real, it could possibly be as bad as the prequel trilogy, and it's not. It's wonderful. It's really, I mean, good lord, those prequels are terrible.
0: Yeah, no argument there. She's uh, hit the nail on the head with that one.
3: But anyway, no matter how The Force Awakens is received it will still have done one thing that would make it all worthwhile. It's given us a major modern action sci-fi blockbuster franchise built around the lives of three heroes, none of whom are white
0: dudes.
3: Yeah. So you go, girl.
0: So I guess you never saw uh, Independence Day. What? Yeah, you know, that was uh, a movie from uh, 1994. It starred Will Smith of all people. <laughs> he was uh, the main hero there, and uh, he was paired up with uh, uh, Jeff Goldblum, and uh, he was Jewish, of course. And uh, they saved the world from an alien invasion by uh, destroying the uh, alien's uh, mothership. So,
3: yeah, but, but 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 yeah, Bill Pullman was in that, and he's white. So no, that's not diverse enough because you, you got the white guy in there being a hero, too. So they had to share the screen with him, and that's that's wrong. They shouldn't have had to do that. So, no. Uh, that's not
0: an example of diversity. Huh. <laughs> okay. I guess we got the picture. Uh, thanks, Lefty. Uh, all right. I guess we'll take a break. But first, I'm going to play... Uh, a, uh, Nelson Ratings that I did for, uh, the Bob Levy show. And, uh, it was meant to be played during the, uh, Christmas holidays. Uh, it's more about weather than Christmas, but it's there. And, uh, for some reason didn't run I can't remember. Whatever. Um, uh, so I'll run it here since, uh, as I'm recording this, that Nasty Blizzard is hitting the East Coast. So, we'll go ahead and run that. And after, we'll, uh take a break, and uh, play some bits and commercials, and then we'll come back with Night Night. And now, it's time for the Nail Sin Ratings. Witchy commentary by me, Mr. Nelson, on all things concerning life, culture, entertainment, and whatever else the cat may drag in. Well, I hope everyone had a lovely Christmas, even though for most of you, it wasn't a white Christmas. no. Yes, you see, before Christmas could even begin, there were problems. Yes. Drudge Report, among others, was touting record heat forecasts for Christmas Eve, even though most of the country was projected to be below normal temperature. Yes. The highest they came up with was 86 degrees at Orlando. Uh, So, yeah, this was obviously an example of the manipulations of man-made global climate warming change. That's right. That's that very unquestionable theory that the world is going to get so hot we're going to freeze to death. However, on Christmas Eve 1955, it was much warmer. That's right. Three-fourths of the country were over 60 degrees. Some were over 90 degrees. Fort Lauderdale was 85 degrees. All of the stations below were over 60 degrees on Christmas Eve 1955. Yeah. Yeah. Last winter, the East Coast had record cold. That was ignored because it was less than 1% of the Earth. But this week, the eastern U.S. defines the global climate. (laughs) Because, yeah, 70 degrees in New York, so, you know. Um, But, yeah, it was cold last year, so. But, uh, boy, we must have done something. Our carbon footprint got really huge in just one year's time. In Irving Berlin's 1954 musical, White Christmas, the storyline was, it was 70 degrees in Vermont on Christmas Eve, and there was no snow. That was why they were dreaming of a white Christmas. Yes, yes, yes. You see, when you don't know your history, they can con you. And that was the Nelson Ratings. Commentary from me, Mr. Nelson. The views and opinions expressed in the Nelson ratings do not necessarily express those held by the rest of the Bob Levy Show, so any complaints should be sent to at Mr. Nelson on Twitter, where they'll be promptly ignored and or blocked. You know, when we get old, we often find ourselves seeking out the comforts of a warmer climate, typically found in the sunshine state of Florida.
1: My friend says, hey, Grandma, how are things in Key West? And she goes,
0: uh, this is the first sentence out of her mouth.
1: Uh, don't try the shellfish. I did, and I've been bleeding from the rectum for a week. <laughs>
0: Jesus Christ Maybe that's the She didn't pay for it That's how she paid made pavement She took it in the
1: ass by the owner Who is she? Vicki Lawrence playing grandma? Yeah <laughs> <I know. laughs> Jeez. I'm bleeding from the rectum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I swear, the first words out of my mouth. Fe- there's fruit punch in my toilet. What happened?
2: <laughs> a lobster clawed. <laughs> it, it dug through my
0: fucking pu- diapers.
1: Oh, I, I, and she couldn't say, hey, we're having a great time. It was, uh.
0: <laughs> Don't look back or you'll be seeing red. Oh, bye. Tune in for more silliness on the Bob Levy Show. The
1: Conti and Kenny Show goes international. Uh, I just want to let uh, Marislav know that um, whatever they got in the Chernobyl water over there, mm-hmm. they're doing a great job because nice. my Ruski uh, um, uh, girl at the liquor store, mm-hmm. um, it's honey. unfair. It's unfair. She's wearing stretchy pants constantly. She's a beautiful, you can tell she looks Russian or some somewhere around there, Ukrainian, something, it seems like that. Yeah. And uh, she's what a body this broad has I told on it. You, I can't. It's not tell fair. Her we're anymore. going to yeah. a green card party, I, I, and we're we're giving it. All you got to do is get a picture. I, of I'm, her. I really, I really am going to have to do something about this because um, I've had enough of it already. Oh, I I, okay. I'm going to wait for her outside. Good. She's beautiful and her body is just, it's all in the right place. That's nice. Oh, my it's a good, God. It's a good stalking story yeah. so far. Way to go. And what I do is I. I'm going to wait for her outside. Yeah. Club her over the head <laughs> with her. a Chernobyl fucking 250. <laughs> I, I order stuff off the back shelf behind her, even if so, I don't. So she has to go and reach up for it. And yeah. And then you can see I'm her. I'm like, ass. yeah, I'll take one of those little airplane bottles of uh, um, um, rum chata. Right. The fuck is a rum chata? Yeah. Can I have a bottle of that quick glimpse? Yeah. Right over there? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what a heinie! Very nice. Yeah, I want to bite. it. So, well done, uh, Russia, Ukraine.
0: (laughs) Better figure out that Russia or Ukraine business there, Kenny, because the two countries are currently at war. (laughs) Oh, well, better luck next time. Tune in to the Conti and Kenny Show. Find out all info at C&K Show on Twitter and thecontiandkennyshow.com.
2: Sammy Sue, what is this? I oh. Betty, I don't know, I don't know. Wait, I know. It's Wonderalls!
0: <laughs> That's right, girls. Whenever you hear that delightful sound, you know that it's the Wonderalls man with his super deluxe form fitting vibrating crotch pantyhose designed to make you feel good. The Surgeon General has determined that Wunderall's panels can lead to severe swap-ass, causing rashes, hives, oozing boils, and may develop into foul, odorous, button and crutch rot. Men should never wear Wunderalls, as spontaneous castration may result. So be apparent. Mr. Nelson here. Say, do you love the sound of my voice? Ha <laughs> ha I know. Me too. Well, now, with a little chump change, you can enjoy the sound of my voice while watching a movie. That's right. Films like Beast from Haunted Cave. It's about a bank heist gone wrong. No, it doesn't go wrong because the handsome ski instructor foils the plot. Or because the robber's chain-smoking nymphomaniac girlfriend turns on him. No, it's because the gang didn't count on a giant spider monster living in a nearby haunted cave. The film stars Michael Forrest, who portrayed Apollo in the original Star Trek TV series. Yes, he's the guy who became a giant, making Captain Kirk look up his toga. Warning. Due to an extreme lack of talent, bathroom humor is deployed throughout the film. So what are you waiting for? Head over to sellfycom slash Nelson. That's S-E-L-L-F-Y dot com slash N-A-I-L-S-I-N. Ha <laughs> yes, Nelson, for me. There you'll find all the films that I've graced with my smartass commentary. So again, head over to sellfycom slash Nelson.
2: A lot of creepy, a lot of good-looking girls in this audience now I got a fucking log in my underwear That's right, I have a wooden cock I was circumcised with a pencil shop in it
0: Our pal, the late, great Otto Peterson is no longer with us But his legacy of laughs lives on at OttoAndGeorge.com There you can order Otto and George's new DVD slash CD in concert And you can get his new t-shirt Or anything Otto and George can be found at OttoandGeorge.com. The Bob Levy Show supports Warrior Point, Inc. It was created to be the number one rallying point for any and all veterans who have honorably served this great nation. It does not matter whether you served your time during peacetime, wartime, or if you're still serving. If you served in the Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, Coast Guard, or National Guard, you are welcome as a member of Warrior Point. So join the ranks of Warrior Point to support one another, and to help raise awareness of the issues you face as defenders of our great nation. Follow them on Twitter at Warrior Point, and friend them on Facebook, and go to WarriorPoint.org. This is Night Night, and I'm here to tell you that you're listening to the Mr. Nelson Show, here on RadioMisfits.com. And now, it's time for City City News, with your anchors, Wiener Wanker and Sally Sue, Sparky with the weather, and Buddy with sports. And now, here's Wiener. Hello, I'm Weiner Wancare. Sally is on assignment. Cityopolis Mayor Mayor has decided enough is enough with Night Night. So, enough? is enough with Night Night. After Night Night barged in on last week's skyjacking disaster, the mayor has ordered Police Commissioner Wetman to form a special task force to bring the wayward costume vigilante in. This is why God invented the mute button. Damn it, Smedley, the mayor is turning the whole city against me. You've been doing a good job of that yourself. <laughs> I need a publicity stunt that'll make me look good and change the media narrative. Well, I don't think God does publicity stunts, and he's the only one I know who can perform a miracle like making you look good. All right, Smedley, that's enough smartassery out of you. Don't you have some nightclub business to tend to? That's what I was doing when you called me down here to show you again how to get your TV news up on the big screen. Yeah, well, whatever. Booboo, get your ass in here. Hey, night nate, nate Get on the night computer. We're here to search our rogues Gallery files to see which villain is currently active. And then we're going to take them down. Well, what about the mosquito? Not about him. Well... He's old up in
3: city hospital with hostages and is, uh, in a standoff with the police.
0: Huh? What? what? where did you hear this? On the news. Look, it's still on, but looks like some dumbass muted the TV. Damn, damn, damn. Yeah. Come on, Bubo. We haven't a, a moment to lose. To the night cruiser.
3: Oh, boy. <laughs>
0: And soon our masked marvels are off, and arriving mere moments later at City Hospital. I'll park the car out of sight of the scene of action, lest we lose the element of surprise with the mosquito.
3: Ah, cool, there's Toys R Us.
0: No, we can't be seen, otherwise some idiot might yell out, Hey, look, it's nightmare! Oh, damn it! And several stories up where the Mosquito Gang are holding several patients and hospital staff hostage. Uh,
2: what's that out here? Is Night-Night down there? You better show yourself, Vast Marvel. Uh, I'll start killing these people.
0: No, uh... oh, no, Boo-Boo. Your clumsiness ruined everything.
2: They didn't
3: do
0: shit. Exactly. Huh? Give me that bullhorn, officer. What? No way, Night-Night. You're a wanted man yourself, so... Uh, Night-Night hit me. You're under arrest, Night-Night. look, it's Night-Night attacking Sergeant Salty. Let's go get him. But then Night-Night releases one of his Nighty-Night gas bombs, knocking out the gathered team of officers, leaving the hostage standoff in his gloved hands. (laughs) Ha ha, now I have the (coughs) bullhorn. You up there, this is Night-Night. Release those hostages and come out with your hands up.
2: Yeah, shut up, night night. I make the demands, not you. All
0: right, mosquito. What do you want?
2: Uh, I want two million cash, a fast car, and a filled-up jet at the airport to take me and my gang out of here.
0: Yeah. Uh, That could take time to arrange, Mosquito.
2: You have sixty minutes.
0: Impossible. I need at least one
2: hour. Alright, you got one hour. After that, I start wasting some sheep.
0: Sheep? I thought he was holding people. What are we wasting our time on livestock for? Shut up, bull. Don't you see? The solution is staring us right in the face. Huh? All I see are the passed-out cops we just gassed. Exactly, Bubo. Using my night jetpack, I'm going to fly up there and toss a nighty-night gas bomb through the hospital window, knocking out the Mosquito Gang. Oh, Night-night. Don't do it. Uh Uh-oh. Some of the cops are waking up. Then there's no time to lose and with his jetpack strapped on the night knight lifts up into the air and within seconds is suddenly face to face with the mosquito gang mos is not day Yeah, what eat my gas mosquito Unfortunately, Nightnight didn't account for the oxygen tanks in the hospital, which are instantly ignited, causing a far more destructive explosion than he intended. As a result, the entire east wing of City Hospital is now a destroyed ruin. Within minutes, an angry crowd gathers around the rubble. My God! Look at what that idiot Night Knight did! Search the rubble! <gasps> If we find him, we'll kick his ass! Where's boo He ran off
2: in their Night-Night yeah. car! Over there! It's
0: Night-Night! Suddenly, a woozy Night-Night finds himself surrounded by an angry mob. <sighs> 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 oh shit! Wait, I've still got my jetpack! Firing up his jetpack, once again Night-Night soars up into the sky, escaping his dilemma. But his rocket fire engulfs some of the mob in flames! Ungrateful bastards. Hmm. Looks like the hospital took a lot of damage. Of course I get the blame when it's clearly all mosquitoes' fault. Wait. Why is it so quiet up here? Oh no! The jetpack shut off! I I'm falling! Ah! Meanwhile, Bubo is safe and sound inside the night cruiser, racing home to the night's lair. Phew. That was a close one. Those assholes looked pretty pissed off. <laughs> it's a good
3: thing I got out of there when I did. But damn it! I got this knowing feeling
0: that I forgot something. Oh God! The cruiser broke my fall. What
2: the hell?
0: Oh shit! Boobo, get the wheel! Get the wheel!
2: <laughs> <coughs> uh,
0: God damn it, Boobo! <laughs> How well, was I supposed to know your fat ass was gonna fall on me? You useless sack of shit. I oughta... Great bug bites! Look! It's the mosquito! What? Where? There! Across the street! Good lord, Babo. It is him. He's trying to carjack that woman's car. Let's go save her. All right! Oh no! No! Not my car!
2: Oh. Yeah, shut up, bitch! We're taking your car whether you like it or not. Leave that woman alone, Mosquito. Yeah, well, it's the mess squire.
0: <gasps> Hold it. Hold it right there, Mosquito.
2: Yeah, night-night, too. Uh, you sure made a mess of that ice pit night nut.
0: Shut up, Mosquito. I'm going to finish you once and for all.
2: Yeah, I don't think so, Night-night. Because now yeah, it's your turn to eat my gas. Yeah.
0: Suddenly, the Mosquito pulls out a gas gun spraying both Night-Night and Bubo in an icky cloud of green gas.
2: <laughs> hey, yeah, what? We got a man over
0: here stopping.
2: Yeah, alright, let's go.
0: Uh... <coughs> 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 oh no, Bubo. <coughs> Mosquito's getting away. <laughs> Looks like we're going to have to commandeer this car. What? No, no not my car. Look, ma'am, I'm sorry, but this is official night-night business, and uh, um, uh, damn, Boobo, I don't know what was in that mosquito gas, but it's it's making my guts feel sick. Ooh, ooh. Uh, okay, let's go.
2: Ooh. <coughs> ooh, how dare you?
0: Shut up, Boobo, and get your ass in the car. Let's haul ass. And our heroes are off after the Mosquito Gang in their stolen car. Boobo, that Mosquito gas is still doing a number on me.
3: (coughs) Ah! Boo! Yeah, you know what? It's doing a number two on you. Oh, man. Uh, uh, uh uh-oh. I think that gas may have had
0: an effect on me, too. What do you mean? Ah! Sorry I asked! Pew. Wait, Wait! Mosquito's running that red light! That foul flapping fiend! Yeah, whatever. Shut up, Bubo! Damn! I wish we had the cruiser. We could launch a night-night missile at him. <laughs> oh, oops! Well, maybe I just did.
3: <coughs> uh, yeah, you sure did!
0: <laughs> Damn it! I wonder if any of this shit had any effect on the Mosquito Gang.
3: It's definitely affecting me!
0: Oh no! <sniffs> oh!
2: <coughs>
0: <coughs> Meanwhile in the Mosquito Gang's van... Boss, you gas gun's leaking.
2: Yeah, what do you mean? <laughs> Get shit out of Throw your ass out of the window!
0: But uh, Buzz, is the gas good?
2: Man, uh, that can't be! Uh, I mix the chemicals myself. Uh,
0: what the hell's going on? Mosquitoes driving that van like a maniac. I don't know. It's a wonder they haven't hit somebody. Hey, look, they're opening up the back doors. What? And back in the mosquitoes' van. No, boss. don't throw me out.
2: Uh, I can't stand the smell. Uh, that shit's deadly to a nose like mine, nah! Ah, throw him out!
0: oh Here comes another one, Bubo. <clears throat> what was that?
2: He just ran over one of the henchmen.
3: They threw him out of the van.
0: What the hell? Oh, well.
3: You killed that man, Night-Night.
0: Hey! A fitting in for his kind. He joined the Mosquito Gang, so he knew what he was getting himself into. <laughs>
3: ah, Boobo is stinking here. Ah, <coughs>
0: oh, damn. <laughs> roll down the windows. Meanwhile, back in the mosquitoes van, much of the same scene is happening. <coughs> oh oh. Ah. stop fighting on us, boss. Ah, damn. Look, just throw the damn thing out of here. Ah. Alright,
2: alright, roll down the window.
0: Ah. Ah. We got rid of the gun, but the gas is still with us.
2: Uh, yeah, the, the effects could last for days. Uh. Oh, oh no! no. Uh, I don't know what happened. Uh, I must have got the mixture
0: wrong. Okay, Bobo, prepare to ram that van in the side. Okay. What? Hey, hey, where'd they go? I, I don't know. They were.
3: Oh shit! They're behind us. <coughs>
0: Ugh, ugh! We made it, Bobo. Yeah, but uh, I'm still shitty. In more ways than one. <coughs> huh? You're one to talk. Look, Bubo. the mosquito and his men survived as well. We'll have to fight them all.
2: Yeah, it's three against two. Night, night. You don't stand a chance.
0: Guess again, mosquito. I'm going to kick your ass till I'm smelling shit. <coughs> uh.
3: We're already smelling shit.
0: Shut up, Boobo. Now let's get this over with. (laughs) Take that, mosquito. Ah! Right back at you! No! Hey, there goes the little shit, Boobo! Yeah, let's go get him.
2: Get a load of this. Ah,
0: (laughs) It's all over, mosquito.
2: Yeah, yeah? Uh, Bite this, night night. Ah! <coughs> yeah, I like them apples, night night.
0: Yeah, how about a knuckle sandwich, mosquito? Ah! Uh,
2: have an upper cold cut on me, night
0: night. Yeah, <laughs> 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 Meanwhile, boobo has still managed to elude the mosquito's henchmen. Where'd that little shit go? Keep your eyes peeled, he's got to be around here somewhere. <coughs> Look over there. Yeah, I got him in my sights. Oh no, feels like a wet one. Whoa, them henchmen accidentally shot each other. Huh. The fart's mightier than the sword. You're in a dead end alley, Mosquito. It's all over.
2: Keep uh, back. <coughs> night
0: night, I think the farts are getting to him. Well, they're getting to me, too. Ah, stop it! <coughs> <coughs> what the hell was in that shit?
2: It was just supposed to knock you out, but uh, I must have got the mixture wrong. Uh, uh, uh,
0: Be there no end to your (coughs) indecency. Uh, Yeah.
2: Uh, No. (laughs) Please.
0: (coughs) He passed out. Yes. He just couldn't handle a dose of his own medicine. Let's cuff him and leave him here for the police. And so our heroes head back to the Night's Lair on foot. No one gives them any trouble as their flatulent cloud keeps onlookers at bay. Meanwhile, across town at a local come and go convenience store, evil is brewing.
2: Okay, that'll be $12.95. Thanks,
0: but I won't be paying you anything.
2: What do you mean?
0: I mean you're going to give all the money in your register and safe to me. Or I'm going to fill you full of lead. Oh
2: my god! Who, who do you think you are?
0: I'm Lyle. Lyle Richmond. Now give me the cash, bitch. And soon, as the sinister character who looks exactly like Lyle Richmond, who is in reality Night-Night, leaves the store, he quickly darts into a nearby alley where he undergoes a startling transformation revealing that he is a she. Yes, that mischievous mistress of disguise, Maiden Mud. Let's see how a pampered pulse
2: like Richmond likes it when the law turns on him.
0: (laughs) Meanwhile, in the night's lair... (laughs) (sighs) My god. Bubo, the effects of Mosquito's gas seem to show no sign of dissipating any time soon.
3: Hey, Smedley! (laughs) Damn, boy! What kind
0: of greeting
2: is that? <laughs>
0: Leave Smedley alone, Bobo. What's the matter with y'all? <coughs> oh, man! You two? I'm going back upstairs. Yes, for your own sake, Smedley. You'd best stay away. We've been horribly affected by the mosquito's gas. Yeah, whatever. I damn sure don't want to be affected by your gas. <laughs> <sighs> We've got to come up with some sort of antidote to this Nimbus nastiness. Ugh, oh, oh, I just can't stand it. It's it's filling up the whole night's lair.
2: <laughs> oh,
0: keep away from me, Boo Boo.
3: Oh. <sighs> you keep away from me, Mr. tootie Booty.
0: Nay, 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 nay! Keep away, Smedley. We stink. Yeah, no. Oh, man, look, there's some people upstairs here to see you. Well, tell them to go away. I can't see anyone in this condition. But it's the police. They want to see Lyle Richmond They say it's urgent. Uh-oh. wonder what they want. I don't know. I'm going to change and head up there and see what this crap's all about. You stay down here and... And fart. That seems to be all I can do. Yeah, apparently. Oh, Oh, man. I hope I can hold it until I'm done with them. And once upstairs, Lyle Richmond finds a detective and several police officers waiting for him. Uh officers, uh what can I do for you? Mr. Richmond, we will- Mr. Richmond. Uh I'm sorry, I I'm uh I I'm ill. Um I see. We have a warrant for your arrest. What? <laughs> My arrest? For what? Um for armed robbery, you've been seen on security cam footage from a come-and-go store robbing it at gunpoint. <laughs> Ugh, that's ridiculous! <coughs> <coughs> God, uh, uh, maybe we should discuss this outside. Uh, yeah, okay. The evidence against you um, is pretty thick, Mr. Richmond. <sighs> You're going to have to come with us. Uh, I, I, I understand, Detective. We are required to cuff you. So I'm going to need you to turn around and put your hands behind your back. You have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. You have the right to an attorney. You know, on second thought, I think I'll just cuff you in front. Um, yeah, listen. May I talk to Smedley here for a minute? All right. Just, Just make it quick. Smedley, call my lawyer and tell him the situation and try and find out... What the hell this is all about, me robbing a store? <coughs> yeah. <coughs> all right. Right this way to the squad car, Mr. Richmond. Uh, okay. <coughs> Sergeant. Yes, sir? Make sure you roll down the windows. Right. What's to become of Lyle Richmond, who is in reality Night-Night? Is he up a shitty river? Find out in the next exciting episode of night Been a Nelson production. The Night Night theme song is performed by Alistair White and his lovely wife, Heather. Incidental music is courtesy of Kevin McLeod. All characters are performed by me, Douglas Nelson. Join us again, will you?
2: Oh, boy.
0: What's the matter, Sally?
2: I guess the beer just doesn't give me the buzz it used to.
0: You need a butt jug.
2: A butt jug. I'm not pouring beer in my ass?
0: <laughs> not beer. Cough syrup. Here. Let me flip you over.
2: What? what? Oh, oh,
0: oh! Ah. Oh my! Oh! Let's move these panties aside. And <clears throat> we'll insert this too. Oh, oh, ah, ooh. Here comes the cough syrup, Sally. Oh,
2: ah. oh. <clears throat> wow. The walls are melting. I see flowers taking flight and turning into stars. Ha
0: ha ha can't get a buzz, then you need a butt jug. Warning, butt jugging may lead to brain damage, rectal rot, and or farts that smell medicine. And now, it's time for another episode of Perhaps, but maybe not. Spanning 263,000 million cubic feet under 600 foot deep pitch black water, Loch Ness is the largest body of fresh water in the British Isles. Since the 6th century, when an Irish monk described burying a man killed by a water beast, it has also been the site of the mysterious Loch Ness Monster. One Nessie fan, Gordon Holmes, who filmed bizarre jet black shapes moving in the lake in 2007, has sadly had his hope recently dampened by one expert. His infamous two-minute roadside video showed a long black shape moving just under the surface of the water. However, US computer experts analyzed the eerie footage, and it was revealed that the creatures were in fact eels up to 15 feet long. Mr. Holmes of West Yorkshire explained.
3: For over 80 years now, I have struggled to interpret what the two mysterious creatures
0: were that I was fortunate enough to capture on film on May 26, 2007. I am extremely grateful to the various experts who have analyzed the footage and provided me with their opinion of the creature's identity. Since eels do appear strange, aged, scary like beasties, that may explain several of the Loch Ness sightings over the centuries. Unless some unknown creature is retrieved from the depths of Loch Ness, I believe those experts have finally resolved this major mystery in my life. Eels have long been the culprit For many false sightings, in 2003, Richard Freeman, of the Center for 14 Technology in Exeter, said the monster was probably a giant, sterile eel. However, a 2014 satellite photo showing a large, water-based creature swimming down the coast of Scotland has some convinced that Nessie has escaped from the luck over time. Countless explanations and sightings of this eerie, plesiosaur-like beast lurking in the Scottish luck have been around for a long time. Gareth Williams, Dean of Medicine at Bristol University, recalled the time when Sir Peter Scott, founder of the World Wildlife Fund, was dragged into the Loch Ness theories. He urged scientists to name the beast so it could be listed as an endangered species. In 1960, he said, I have for a long time thought it more than probable that an undescribed animal lives in Loch Ness. He explained that he was convinced by a piece of grainy film recorded by Tim Dinsdale which even the defense intelligence analyzed as an animate object swimming in the lock. But people soon unraveled the name Sir Scott gave the creature Nesoteris Rome as an anagram for the monster hoax by Peter S. Mr. Dinsdale's film was also revealed to be just the shadow of a zigzagging dark hole fishing bolt with an outboard motor. Another false hope was the notorious footprints found by a big game hunter named Marmaduke Wetherell in 1933. Mr. Wetherell, who had been hired by a newspaper to find the monster, believed the prints belonged to a hippo, which was half right. It turned out the footprints were, in fact, made with a hippo hunting trophy that had been converted into an umbrella stand. So, is the Loch Ness Monster nothing more than eels and hoaxes? Perhaps, but maybe not. Well, I guess it's time to turn out the lights here at Radiomisfits.com as we bring yet another episode of the Mr. Nelson Show to a close. Good night, everybody! Views and opinions expressed during the Mr. Nelson show do not necessarily reflect those held by RadioMisfits.com. So, any complaints and/or comments should be sent to at Mr. Nelson on Twitter, where they will be promptly ignored and/or blocked.